Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and I'm here with my mother. Say hi, Mum. Hi. So tonight is a biggie. Pretty big. It's also a problematic evening because we have been influenced by the chef a lot. Yep. And you can't cook the chef's food. So this has been a bit of a difficult task. Well, I think that he's so clever. The fact that you need to have a delicatessen in your back garden for the ingredients... But his food is so wonderful. Yeah. I think he has influenced cooking enormously and made people really enjoy Middle Eastern cooking plus enjoyment of vegetables. <laughs> That's a big statement. I like everything he ever suggests, really. I trust him. I do too. We have the revolutionary Yotam Otolenghi coming up on Table Manners. Can't wait. We've kind of, actually, this has been real team effort tonight. Dolly, I think you've done more than I have. Okay, thank you for acknowledging that. And also, I think Alex has too. Although I did run around South London for Vilo Pastry. Okay, so we have Turbot, because Tom Kerridge told us that Turbot is the king. king of the sea. So we took his advice, and we've got Turbot, which we're going to pan fry. Yeah. Um... I've done a an asparagus um, pistachio with lemon zest and mint side yeah. and oil, olive oil. Delicious and salsa juice. verde. Salsa verde, which I have never made before. And actually... But actually, it came out better, you know, because it could have looked like mint sauce, you know, with kind of bits. No, I whizzed it in the nutri And it was perfect because it's like made a it proper... creamy. Oh, it was great. It's really it's good. It's good. It's really good. And then I've actually Sanfire. done... Oh, yeah, we've got samphire from M&S, which yeah. is really good, because yeah. I just and, kind of didn't And then you've done these fabulous potatoes. So these potatoes were inspired um, by my mate's Instagram, Benny Blanco. I saw him having something, and I kind of just thought I'd try a version of. Yeah. Um, so I've done butter-poached new potatoes, cut in half, and then s- uh, with smoked rapeseed oil, which I got from this food festival in Dorset, yeah. um, in Bridport, a couple of weekends ago. And it's, I think they're called russets and they're from Dorset and it's this rapeseed that actually rapeseed is a really good oil yeah. to use. It's quite buttery. Yeah. And just the smoked um, rapeseed just provides this kind of yeah, yeah. smoky. And then I put bay leaves in. Fabulous, darling. I think they're really good. I think it really works. And then um, Alex has pudding. made a porto colopita, which is an orange pie. Greek. Greek. It's actually what we had at our wedding, and it's it might so not lovely. Be exactly the same. Yeah, I, but it's not it, exactly it the smells, same. I don't think. It smelt the house smelt so delicious when he baked it because it was just this lovely orangey, cakey smell. And we're going to have that with creme fraiche. Yeah, and lots of rosé. Yeah, Mum, we have our first live event going on. It's quite a big one. I know, darling. It's Latitude. Yep. So I'm playing on the Saturday, yes. on the main stage. Yes. And then on Sunday, it's your time. What do you mean my time? Your time to meet the fans. Okay, darling. How are you feeling about it? Feeling quite anxious, because if England get to the final of the World Cup, we will only have about half an hour before we have to shift and go and watch it. The guests may not get much of a meal. No, Let's they might not. Way. I think everyone will want to watch the World Cup, though. Do you know the guest? No, I, only from listening to him on the radio. 
his name is Adam Buxton. Yeah. He's basically one of the best podcasters out there. So I know, darling. We're, we're always come up against the best podcasters. I wouldn't say it's up against. Um, yeah, we say, yeah, but we've, 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 have, we've had all these major podcasters. Is that Otolenki that's just gone? <gasps> it's Hopper Seven. Shit. Shit. We have Yotam Otolenghi, who was bang on time. Yeah, yeah I was going to be a bit late, but then the Uber just kind of made magic. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Pleasure. We have you so are much one of our favourite yeah. people in the world. In the yeah, world. Not just world. chefs, like you not just yeah. people. Yeah. No, we don't. No, <laughs> honestly. Apart from Sandy Toxvig, she definitely was up there. Oh, I listened to Sandy Toxvig <laughs> on your show. She yeah. is she's so great. gorgeous. She's so funny. Yeah, she really is. She's the funniest. And she's got this sense of humour that you just, it's just intoxicating. I know. Intoxicating. You almost, uh, I do. <laughs> you almost can't keep up with her. Yeah, she's no, just she's so good. witty. Yeah, so don't expect me to, no, to be anything like that. Also, can this, we why, just... this is why I brought cake. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I don't, we don't have to be time. funny. Okay, fine, perfect. <laughs> Let them eat cake. It's a hot day. It's going to be a hot week. And so I think everyone's a little weary. We've all done a yeah. day's work. Well, we've and got a rose here. Got yeah, rose. Cheers to that. Sometimes I Eyes to my wine, which oh, do you is want a really some? not a done do you want thing. To? Oh no, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Why? I know for, it a, makes it for a chef, it's just a really it's something you do never you never admit to wanting to do or do, but actually it just kind of makes the it drinking makes experience. It longer. Yeah. It's longer and it's hot and it's. Yeah, I, I usually do that because I've got it from the shop and it's just uh, it's really? hot. And so I don't want it. Okay, fine. Cheers. Just, cheers. Cheers. Lachaim. Thank you for having me. Um, this is so much fun. Do you know a lot about wine? No. Well, I know more. You're bothered. I know more about wine than I used to because uh, since having the restaurants, I've become I've had to learn a little bit about wine. And now, uh, in the last few years, I've become very much into natural wines because that's what we serve in our restaurants mostly. Uh, but it's a new thing, like really kind of getting really Is that into like wines. the organic wines? That we had like a version of a Lambrusco the other day, mm-hmm. like a fizzy red. And they could. They do so really good, good Lambrusco's now. Because Lambrusco. Ha- what do I know? It used to be like it had a really bad reputation, used to right? Be a like joke. it was the worst yeah. wine you could have, and now. Lambrusco is having a comeback, and that you're doing you're it kidding. naturally, and in, and I've, you could have re- some really good ones. Much like scrunchies, mum. <laughs> scrunchies will never come back. Yes, what are no. scrunchies? Sorry, I laughed yeah. without when even you, knowing when what you're talking about. When you put your hair in a scrunchie, and people ah, wear those is. horrible like ruched up, like ugly the, things. The kind of material around them, and they're very, ah, yeah, 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 that they're very, kind of, so they're very helpful. That? Yeah, do you yeah. do that? I mean, now? I've been doing it for a while just because they do hold your hair up much better than other. It's practical. It's very practical. Um, so. This relationship with you came from me stalking you. Yeah, and I, I, I will like, never forget that event. No, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I stalked um, yeah. Yotam. Um, and you carried on stalking me while yeah. you were on stage. And it worked. Which was embarrassing, yeah. No, I know. Okay, Carl so, will never forgive you. So, so to explain, I was in Boston playing a gig and I followed um, Yotam. I used to just call him Otolenghi. It was just like, you know, like there's Ronaldo. Some, there's an Irish... Think, like, I think I pointed out he was in Boston. Yeah, it's probably my mother. An, there, I went on an Irish interview and, so, and, the, and the interviewer in, our, in Dublin called me Yotolenghi. Yotolenghi. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he called me Yotto. And then someone was like, you know, was whispering in his ear that he got it wrong. So I, it was Yoda. Yoda? <laughs> so Star Wars. Which one would you have preferred out of I those think three? I'm, I, I, I'm still thinking. <laughs> so I was in Boston. I was playing a gig. I saw that you were promoting Jerusalem, which was in anthropology over the road. And it was and it annoyed me that they got rid of the beautiful book cover because in America, in American they always put a fried egg on it. They always have, they always, have, they like, always, have, like they always choose a different, yeah, it was like a shakshuka. Yeah. They always choose a different cover in America. So I was just like, well, he's here. This is my chance. And um, it was very serendipitous. And you came and... Uh, so she, no, you, okay, tweeted, you, you tweeted me on... You tweeted me and said, oh, I'm, I happen to be in Cambridge, Massachusetts, you know, stone throw from where you guys are. Would you like to come to my gig? So I said to Carl, do you know Jesse Ware? He goes, no, I don't know what Jesse Ware is. <laughs> so, sorry, this is no, all coming out now. Album, you know, know, we're not music, we're not that much into the music scene. So, you know, we didn't know. Uh, so um, Carl texts his friend Nick, who's a, a, a musician, aspiring musician, and he said to him, Nick, Jesse Ware, yes, you have to go. <laughs> Thank you so much, so, Nick. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Yeah. So, uh, so we, we come there and we were quite early. Because uh, you know, I don't know what happened. So we arrived there. We had dinner in a restaurant. Then we walk into the 
the gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just amazing. It was so nice until Jessie started to stalk me from, from the stage. So, <laughs> she's, so she goes like, my favorite chef is in the crowd. <laughs> and and I look, Carl and I look at each other and then people start looking at us. Oh God, did yeah, you get recognized? And, and, and they go like, oh yeah, 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 you're like, and then I go like, oh my God, this is now. And then the funniest no, thing yeah, was is, that, messed that, that she messed up big time because she said, oh, you know, my mom really wanted you to go out with my brother. And I... <laughs> I didn't know you were married. Yeah, no, that was... So, <laughs> this was awkward. And Carl and I were actually in Boston expecting our first child. <laughs> so it was kind of... Because our surrogate was in, was in Boston. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was hilarious. And then we got talking to these two guys and they said, oh, I just bought your book to my, for my mom for her birthday. It was all, it was all fine. It was just The rest funny. is history. The rest is history. That's and why we're here now. We've tried to look laid back and like look we're like not. there's no stress in the kitchen. Actually, today has been pretty chilled considering it's you. We've really, we've been prepping considering this. Considering it's me. We've been prepping this life yeah. for a lifetime. Yeah. But um, we never know what to give you. That's the problem. It is a because problem. Because we always love all your recipes. So we cook... We generally cook like you for yeah. ourselves. People have cooked my food for me a few times. How does that yeah. work out? Uh, so you go to dinner and then someone says, I'm really sorry, but I cooked one of your dishes. And then I think, to, and, then, and then, you know, in actual <laughs> fact, it's, it's fine. Because it's actually good because it, it gives me reassurance that people cook and I try. And often they get it even better than I did. No I'm way. embarrassed. No. Yeah, I went to these guys and they made this garlic uh, tart that I have in plenty. And it was bloody delicious I got did they like, add anything I don't think they added anything I think they just uh, well I don't know but it was Maybe really good it was good. just nice because you didn't cook it and you kind of had the relaxation of not having to what do you worry about yeah. when you cook for people you know what it is when you cook you don't want to eat do you know do you have yeah, that no, feeling no. you taste all the time <laughs> <laughs> and you get to the meal and you go like give yeah me, you give don't me a want glass to of something that, yeah, but, yeah. but I don't want but when you kind of ha- manage to just not eat for a few hours which hardly ever happens to me because I'm always eating uh, then you arrive and you're really hungry and you start and drinking and it was so good yeah if you didn't cook Middle Eastern food what's the other cuisine that you really Asian, like Asian some kind of Asian yeah. cuisine so I um, traveled with a friend of mine Helen Helen Go she's the co-author of my previous book and she's was brought up in Malaysia, then moved oh, to yeah. Australia. And I love Malaysian food. So yeah, like I traveled in Asia and Malaysian food is kind of, it's so interesting because it's like three cultures. And yes. I think when you get like this mixture of yeah. culinary cultures, mm-hmm. yeah. it's a bit like Jerusalem, you know, yeah. you get those kind of hybrids, yeah. which are so good, yeah. or even just things that are kind of evolving. Yeah. So you've got Malay, which are yeah. like, which is like, um, you know, they're more, the more local kind of, everybody's local and you've got Chinese and you've got Indians mm-hmm. and those are all great nations for yeah. food and then you come to Malaysia and you've got all those things that all evolved together. there yeah, like their versions of they, did they start chicken satay? well chicken it's kind of Indonesian Malaysian right. so Indonesia has so the Malay are kind of I don't want to offend anyone I always yeah, get right, it wrong you know. but it's kind of that part of the world but then you've got like food that actually but my favourite is nasi lemak <gasps> Have you had nasi is lemak? Nasi, nasi, nasi is rice. Nasi, nasi is, is rice. rice. It's coconut rice. Yeah. Is it the blue coconut rice? No, it's okay. normally served white, okay. and it's got some dried anchovies in it, which mm. are give a Never really good it. flavor. Sounds great. And a little bit of kind of poached chicken. It's very simple, but it's kind just of it's tastes just great. Perfection. Yeah. And I don't know. This is the, one of the things that I realized over the years that. Sometimes two people can make the same thing and it could be so good and so bad. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well. So there's like the way of the way people cook is just incredible. So Malaysia is definitely the place. Are I, your boys adventurous in yeah. what they like to eat? Um, they do. When tell they, me. They do. Tell me they eat aubergines <laughs> and pomegranates. No. there may be pomegranates but definitely aubergine no look look, I don't try I would be shoving that (laughs) zatar down their bloody gob that's what I'd I'd be like you're gonna love this what about you girl I tried so hard I was like doing gourmet meals for her at the beginning like roasted um, butternut squash um, risotto with deep fried sage like it was so ludicrous and bless her, she loved dal and all that, and she's gone right for beige food all yeah. of a sudden. The thing she is, loves pasta you, and a sausage. You need and to. <laughs> I think what I learned is that first of all, you always lose when you fight yeah. with kids over yeah. food because you know they've got they're more yeah. will, they've got more, more willpower than yes. we than the adults do. It's true. And the other thing is that you 
you need to expect accept that they've got like a different palette so my kids would one day be great you know they'll eat broccoli and beans and this and that mm. the next day it's just pasta and you need to accept it and go with it and that's yeah, my thing so. i'm kind of stoic about it my carl is blessing he is the one who really struggles because he makes their food every yeah. day and they come home and you never know it's like a russian russian roulette oh, you know you never know what they're gonna eat or not i'm not hungry off they go well, that's, the whole meal it's goes. funny that they'll always have a mini milk though won't they they'll always <laughs> have an ice cream or a mini milk but you've been you know you've written about um having children in the guardian quite a lot i did you? yeah after max was born i've written <clears throat> so i i kind of i never wanted to talk too much about my private life uh, before podcasts <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, and then we had our uh, we had, um, Carl and I were we were trying to figure out how we're going to have a baby so mm -hmm. you know we were there were all sort of uh, we tried all sorts of things we had relationships with women in order to kind of co-parent which was having a child together with a woman or a couple of women that would we would kind of have two families come together mm -hmm. and we tried all these um, all these kind of structures and it didn't work for us. How long was the process the trying process, those, stru those structures? Uh, it took about two or three years right. where we kind of trying to build up relationships and then realizing that everybody, want, everybody wanted more than a half, half a child. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it was almost they like... They wanted their own child. It was yeah. almost like negotiating a divorce settlement yeah. before you've even been yeah, married right. and before there isn't a child. So we were talking about visiting rights <laughs> about a child that wasn't even born. Oh, you man. know, it was kind of like who gets the child when. And then, so this whole thing, I think we were a bit insecure about having a child as two gay men. You know, we were thinking, oh, we need a woman involved in this thing, which was, I think it's a little bit like kind of a hang up that, you know, a, 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 a child needs a woman in their life and otherwise we're inadequate. I, I look at it like this now. Alex would say heteronormative. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> heteronormative. It's yeah. like that kind of idea that... That's the only way it can be right. If it, yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and now from, you know, five years back and, you know, the kids have women in their lives, they're the godmother they go to very often mm. And they're perfectly happy. And Carl and I are super adequate parents. You yeah, know, we do what we need to do. And, you know, they, they're fine. And I'm sure sometimes they ask themselves, hey, why don't we have a mother? And then we go, but how lucky are you? You've got two dads. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes a friend comes over and they go, and then the friend comes, goes back home and says, had a, has a fight with his mom. He says, I want two dads. I hate you. <laughs> I think so, I'm so glad you did write in The Guardian because I think you're quite inspirational for same-sex couples that wanted to have a baby and didn't have the courage to think about it or try it and never thought it was possible this is this is why i did it so my initial my initial reaction that is that i'm not talking about my private private life it's not relevant you know i'm a chef but then i thought and carl was actually pushing me to do that he said well you kind of have a responsibility because you know people know you know about you and keeping it private is almost selfish. You know, we've gone through the process, we've seen it, and some people would like to know that it's possible, yeah, what it has to do, what, what's it, what is, in, what is involved, it's involved. And I did it, and I was so happy I did it. I just told it as, as it happened, the whole process, mm. all the stages, how we went to America, how we found our surrogate, how we had a baby, how I met Jesse Ware. <laughs> <laughs> And, and people were really warm about it. And they said, you know, people still come to me and said, you know, this is, was a seminal article because I, I, read, I read it and I decided, yeah, I'm going to have And also you're not child. someone who seeks out publicity anyway. So you're not someone who's writing something about their private life every week. You're not doing a photo shoot in yeah. Hello, are you? Yeah. No, or modelling for Mots and Spencers with your two sons yet. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, yeah. that could happen when he has his yeah, like, food. Yeah, it could happen. I don't oh, yeah, think it will happen, but, uh, but I, I, I think... The, the the reason why we did it is because we thought we thought it would be good and we kind of had the responsibility it was somewhat a little bit and i write it in the piece it was a bit like coming out it was oh. like a second coming out because i think as gay men we always think and gay women i'm sure it's the same but i'm not a woman but there is the kind of this thing about privacy which is somehow sacred and i think fuck 
privacy. I mean, what, 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 what is that privacy all about? Again, it's a kind of a chip on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. Some things are private. No, it's not private. We, we have a boy. We, now we have two boys. We can talk about it. Everybody talks about their children. So I, I learned to kind of be more out through my children. It's not private. I can talk about it. I've got kids and I'm a gay man. And I think that was quite liberating mm -hmm. for me to kind of just completely tell it as it is. Do you feel like a real pressure to carry? I mean, you've got a new book coming out, mm -hmm. haven't you? Yeah, simple. You do, you simple, do a yeah. piece every week. Thank in you the for Guardian. simple. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that one. Yeah. I, I think I, a lot of <laughs> lots of lady fans are going to appreciate. I know my that sister one. said to me, "Finally, I can cook your recipes." <laughs> I know. <laughs> not, not, yeah, because I, I kind of realized that some people cook Ottolenghi only on the weekend because there's just a lot of yeah, shopping and prepping the involved. Yeah, and the, yeah. the, the ingredients. <laughs> once you got it, it's okay. It's okay, yeah, yeah but it's a, it could be a bit intimidating, and so the idea of just taking those recipes and kind of just Simplifying, kind of narrowing it down. What is really essential here, and how could you make it simple for some people? Where was kind of it made sense for me to to do this? So yeah, that's that's the book. That's When's it out? In September. Do you think you've contributed towards Israel becoming a real culinary culinary hotspot? Uh, because Israel people are talking it, it, about Tel Aviv as the place to go for yeah, to eat and, now, and rightly Jesse's so. Jesse's desperate for yeah. us to go. Yeah, and rightly so. The food scene there is just marvelous. Yeah. I can't take any of the credit for that. I think what has happened in Tel Aviv is that in the period of like 15 years, it kind of transformed itself from like this culinary desert. I'm saying that, you know, there was always good kind of yeah. like hummus joints and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. places you would go and eat like, but like cutting edge, like going yeah. to serious restaurants, doing really good food mm -hmm. with, in a way that is super interesting is really kind of mm -hmm. only 10, 15, 20 years. And, and before that, like when I was growing up, this just didn't exist. So the, the and, and also the nice thing about it is that the way Tel Aviv does it is that, uh, or other places in Israel as well, but they've taken and kind of put together uh, the foods of the various Jewish diaspora, you know, like yeah, so, North African Jews yeah. and Middle Eastern Jews and a bit of the Eastern European Jews, yeah. and also mixed it up with the Palestinian cooking. So you get like, it's kind of a mishmash of mm -hmm. cultures that is really quite nice because yeah. in a sense, up until yeah, 20 years ago, it was all very separate. And, you know, each diaspora would cook their own food. And I remember growing up uh, in Jerusalem and I remember we used to have this kind of, they were called like um, this thing where each kid brought their own food from their own uh, diaspora. Like, you know, if you were like from... Like show and tell. Like, it was like a, a day in school where everyone had brought their own food from their, their own, from their own from culture. Their, yeah, their mm -hmm. mom or dad cooked from their own culture. And uh, there was a lot of Ashkenazi Jews and they always brought all these great gefilte fish things that nobody wanted to have. To, 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 you know, here the gefilte, gefilte fish is fried. So it looks better, but in, in Eastern Europe, it's kind of boiled. Yeah. And it doesn't, even if it tastes good, I have to say, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike it. Yeah. It just looks bad. And looks normally Eastern European, food, Eastern European food is, looks quite great. And uh, mm. my dad is Italian. We're Italian Jewish family. So I brought pizza. You can remember, <laughs> you can imagine how popular I was. I was, you know, I brought like my dad made like dough and fresh and kind of put all the toppings together. So, were your parents great cooks? Yeah, they're both really good cooks. Both my parents. My mom is from a German family, and my dad was from an Italian family. And we had um, we had good food. They're quite adventurous, mm. and but also they have kind of a solid kind of culinary tradition. And I think I kind of had the both of all, all the best of all worlds because I had my parents cooking kind of European food, and then obviously there was all that stuff going on mm. in markets and kind of Palestinian food, which is just so great, mm. falafel and hummus and all the baba ganoush, all the kind of dips and spreads of Palestinian yes. cooking that is just mm. so good. So I kind of experienced everything. Were you always into your food, or were you into f eating? Not so much into cooking. Oh, so okay. yeah, I was really like as a child, I used to go like. My parents would take me to a restaurant for my for my birthday. That yeah. is just obnoxious, right? Like that was my present to go to a really good restaurant. No, I get no. that. No, yeah, you get that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think other kids want like a really great present well, or something. It, it but it worked out for you. So exactly. I mean, yeah. So it's yeah. okay. Yeah, completely. And there was this restaurant in the old city in Jerusalem, 
and you know, forgive me all the Jewish listeners, that was they served prawns and I love prawns. <laughs> and like, like, that was the only place in Jerusalem you can get prawns. So they had these prawns that were kind of quickly cooked in butter and garlic mm-hmm. and a bit of lemon juice, which is still kind of the best way to yeah. cook prawns. And I remember that was where we went. It was called Dolphin. It was a, it was a, it was in the Arab part of the city where they could eat prawns. And I, my parents used to take me there for like my birthday. Is it still there? <laughs> no, it, it's it, unfortunately it's not there. It's a, it's a kind of a sad story because it was a, it was co-owned by a Palestinian and a Jew, and it was quite difficult over sure. time. There was a lot of there was a lot of pressure on from all sorts of reasons. At some point, it was even someone even tried to set it on fire. Oh, no. And uh, so they moved to Tel Aviv, and over the years, I'm sure for various reasons, it, it doesn't exist anymore. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We're going to actually put the fish on in a minute because otherwise yeah. it's just not fair on you because we have got food He too. might give us some advice about cooking. Yeah, it. actually, yeah. that would be very helpful. Yeah, well, about... what am I here We for? bought turbot because yeah, Tom Kerridge said it's the king of the sea. Because yeah, I love halibut. And so he said, no, turbot. So and we turbot bought... is so popular at the moment. Oh, is it? Know? Yeah, is there's it? a restaurant called Brat. Oh, in, yes, it's supposed to be it's amazing. It's uh, in Shoreditch. Have you eaten there? Yes, I have. And they're famous for their... Turbot. How do they cook it? Uh, so they call it cook it on the grill, and they've got this amazing contraption where they put the whole fish in and they cook it really slow. Right, no, we've got small pieces. Yeah, you've got pieces. We're just yeah, gonna fry it. We're just well, gonna that fish feeds it. like three, four people, so you wouldn't. Yeah. You, yeah. Should we take you through the menu? Yes, please. Okay, turbot cooked, pan fried, uh, however you use some, maybe just a little bit of butter. Yeah, yeah we're gonna I have some samphire, <gasps> and then I. I think this is a really good choice for me okay, because good. I love pan-fried fish, any okay, fish, and turbot is a great fish. Okay, so thank yeah. you, Tom Carriage. And how long will it? Ta- how long do you think you should fry Depends it? Depends on how thick your pieces this are. This is so, so helpful. We've got a brilliant chef. You know, sometimes if they're really thick, so you can start pan-frying them, yeah, stick them in the oven butter, yeah. to finish them off. So that's yeah. up and to you. And then we're going to have new potatoes, are they? I don't know what they are. Um, I I basically saw my friend Benny Blanco who. You, who actually you met when we had the barbecue? He was At my producer house, yeah. friend. Yes, I'm, who you commented yeah. on his croutons, and he's never left. I, he's just basically tells me about how he made the best dish of that day. Because <laughs> obviously it wasn't a competition, Benny, and you're it a dick. Just, yeah. But like you did comment yeah. on his brilliant croutons. Yeah, I remember anyway, Benny very well. Yeah, you can't forget it. You know. Um, so Benny had his mate round, and I just saw on Instagram that he was having smoked p- butter poached um, potatoes, smoked. And then they had caviar on Delicious. top. So I thought, oh, sod it. I've got this amazing smoke, um, smoked rapeseed oil that I got mm. from this food festival in Dorset. And I've done it with bay leaves, which makes it, I don't know. Nice, yeah. it's nice. Very good. And then I had a delicious breakfast. At, have you heard of Esther's? Yes, of it's course. It's so yeah. good. It's, it's, in, it's in East London. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it's right by my daughter's nursery. And um, so I... I Very had popular breakfast for breakfast. There. Yeah, really good. And they did like sourdough with poached eggs and they did asparagus with kind of pistachios, olive oil, lemon, and they had like Lancashire cheese in it. Or I think it was, it was some kind of hard oh, cheese. Gosh, but delicious. I haven't done cheese with this because I thought we didn't need it. But I've just done 
asparagus with, with some mint and pistachios and lemon zest. So I see what you're doing. You're kind of just de-autolengifying the whole meal. <laughs> so it's completely like simple in a, in a kind of like, it's, it's quite British really, isn't it? I don't really know. I yeah. tried, you know, I could use some of your lemon salt that I do love. Maybe no. we'll do that just to I think, it I think it's, it was a great strategy. Okay, well thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But think. we Thank you. also made we made salsa verde. Oh yeah, we've done salsa verde. Oh yeah, verde. well that is a little bit, but it's still like completely, it's fine. It's, you know, it's we a, had to go in a different direction yeah, because we weren't going to cook you, your food. Do, do you think? Do you want me to start cooking? Yeah, it? I do because right, everything's pretty can, much ready. I yeah. could just do the asparagus. Yeah, and so. I can just drink my rosé. Yeah, yeah, I need to fill it. Your town's basically cooking our dinner for us. Yes, the <laughs> potatoes are done. Oh, the samphire, yeah, but the samphire doesn't need very long, does it? No, it doesn't. Basically, yeah, your town's in charge of the turbot. See, it almost cooks through, and then you're going to get it like it's just... Oh, we're missing one fish. No, there's two more here. Oh, okay. So we'll have to do it two at a time. Good thing he likes us, I think. Basically, yeah, you thought he was coming here to get a home-cooked meal. Fucking hell, you are basically Gordon Ramsay. She's just, you've got, you're time cooking. Me doing, you're doing nothing. Oh, wow, that's worked out really well. Right, Gordon, have you got some lemon, darling? Yeah, I do. Yeah, we need a lemon. And where's the salsa verde, sweet? Oh, yeah, hurry up. <laughs> in the kitchen too much. It's like a tutorial. Mum's complaining as per salt Jess, she's such a fucking bitch. You know where the salt is, thank you. Oh, hold on, what? The lemon salt's in here. I'm really sorry that you basically had to cook the dinner. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry about that. This is a first on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, it yeah, is a first on the podcast. I'm really glad it's you. Oh, yeah, well, Sadiq Khan wouldn't do that, would he? No. No, Sadiq wouldn't have done that. On Ramadan. Lesson was Ramadan. Yeah, that's a lot to ask from the mayor to cook his own dinner on Ramadan yeah. before he can actually eat. We are sitting down and basically we got Yotam to cook our dinner which yeah. has worked out brilliantly yeah. for us well, that's a first the for the podcast Carl yeah. will tell you that this never happens in our own house because he does all the cooking so uh, <laughs> it's a novelty so what's in this sauce oh that's the salsa verde that's the salsa verde I want to try it tastes nice tastes really nice yeah it's nice so it's got capers mustard yeah, yeah. Mustard, parsley basil, basil, basil. parsley basil. mint yeah Jewish, like, doctor, uh, what's her name? Um, Mrs. Elwood's uh, oh, yeah. sweet and sour cucumbers. Mm. Hi, let's get some more lemon. I like that one. And there's potatoes there. The fish, fish is, is so meaty and beautiful. The fish is cooked to perfection. Thank you <laughs> so much. <laughs> it is good. It really is good. Turbot is a great fish. So you've talked about Brat, but are there any other restaurants that you absolutely love in London? Because yeah. I think everyone always loves a recommendation. Yeah, you know, there's been some delicious, great restaurant that I've opened recently and one of my favorite is called Sabor. Sabor, where is it? Sabor from Spanish, or Spanish for um, flavor. It's off Regent Street, uh -huh. Haddon Street. Had is it near Nopi then? It's near Nopi. Okay, is that yeah. how you discovered it? No, I discovered it because people were talking about it and it's the, the, the head chef was cooking at Barafina. Oh, okay. You know Barafina? I've, yeah, I've yeah. never been, but um, Tom said that it was one of his favorites, mm. but... Yeah, it's a, um, it's great. You're on stools, aren't you? And it's kind yeah, of, yeah. And so yeah, that was some, because Barfina you sit, you would sit around a bar, but most they had a couple of branches. But uh, Sabor is just delicious, wonderful Spanish food of all. You know, they've got like, do you like croquetas? Yeah, I mean, who yeah. doesn't? Yeah, who doesn't? It's so they make the, yeah, fattening, forget fattening. It's just so delicious. 
So they make you, you, you drink uh, vermouth from the tap with some ice oh, and you eat fun. croquettes. This it's sounds just, really fun. It is really fun. And then they have also really elaborate dishes. But she's just the most incredible chef. And she's also really nice, which is kind of Who annoying. Who is this lady? I can't remember how to pronounce okay. her name now. But she's a but Spanish she lady. She is a Spanish chef and she's fantastic. You yes, have. Well, I have to say, was really nice. the food was delicious and it's so not nice not to eat. Middle my, East. My food, Middle Eastern food or anything. The fish was worth it. British food. Mom, I think we did all right. High five. I don't think we did all right. I think he well, did all right. I mean, you right. basically <laughs> cooked the main thing. No. Well the, done. Yeah, yeah well it done. It was really us. good. Well done. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work. Um, so, okay. So, we ask everybody. You Obviously, you've listened to the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. What is your worst table manner? So, I'm not, like? I'm not too fussed about table manners. Um, what I don't like, and it's not a manner, it's just the way people eat, is when people pile lots of things on the plate. Oh my God, guilty. Yeah, you guys just did it. So <laughs> I went with my asparagus, right? No, the thing is, I've, I've got this kind of... Um, Your time Israelis do it. I know, I know. Well, they pile it up, and then they're on the phones, and they're eating you it. You know what is... No, it's not about piling up the food. I don't mind it's, that it's big and piled. It's just that you can't tell the flavor. So, like... Yeah. You know, like a Christmas dinner oh. meal is my idea of hell. So you've oh, got, no, it's my favorite So meal. you've got like potatoes and mash and gravy oh, and, and, yeah, and, and cranberry in. sauce. And it's just like, how can you taste anything? But that's the whole point. It's just a big mishmash of deliciousness. <laughs> For someone that really loves food and wants to taste things, it's just like you might as well just have swallowed it and brought it back up. It's true. That's kind of what happens, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Christmas no, dinner? No, I love Christmas dinner, but I just do it in stages, which I guess sounds really poncy, but I like it's my... It's because you're an Italian. It's my... It's, that's my dad. My dad the eats Italian, like that. Italian, they eat my, their protein separately from their carbs. That's how my veggies. dad eats. He never puts... He says, let me finish my asparagus before I load my plate with someone else, which is really not Middle Eastern. And so this is... It's not a table manner. It's just a way of jo- enjoying of food. But I'm yeah. worried somebody's going to get that asparagus before I get to it. Yeah. Well, Jesse, yeah, that that's, is a problem. That's yeah. my, that's that's my mentality. That's your problem, that is my problem. Did your brother and stu- sister steal your asparagus? No, no to you, be fair, no. they never stole anything. They're both skinny ones. Yeah, I, sto- I Yeah, I stole it from them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lots of it. So you were expecting something to happen that never happened. I, just, I don't know. Jesse, like, we always had plenty of food. I know, but it's just. I like to make sure I've got everything. I know, darling. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, we also asked this question, and I think everyone's going to be really interested to know what would be on your desert island meal. Last supper. It's a very contentious issue whether we call it the Last Supper, Death Row, Desert Island. It's confused a lot of people. So, what is your ultimate ultimate dish? dish? Three starter, main pudding. It's not going to make sense in one Doesn't particular su- supper. So one okay. thing that my grandmother, my Italian grandma want. used to make was gnocchi alla romana, which is semolina gnocchi. Oh so do you know what it is? It's yeah. like essentially it's cooked semolina with cheese that is set and then you cut it into kind of squares or circles. And I've you never sp- had it. And you sprinkle it with uh, cheese and you put it under the grill. So essentially... It's set semolina. So you with... cook it like a wet semolina, yeah, wet you... gnocchi. Yeah. And you, then you... You cook it like polenta, right? Like polenta, so you cook it with yeah. milk and nutmeg yeah. and that until... Like and a then wet you... polenta. Yeah, exactly. And and then, then but semolina is a bit more kind of subtle than polenta and you set... And it, set, and it also sets a bit softer than polenta. You set it, you cool it, and then you can cut, you know, circles or squares or whatever you want. And then you kind of overlap them in a baking tray and you, sprink- and you sprinkle it with more butter and cheese oh. and you put it under the grill. So it goes like crisp on top and like feathery and ethereal on the bottom. Oh, wow. And it's just the most delicious thing. It's that was really- your grandma's dish? That was my, my yeah, because my grandma was from Rome and she was from the Jewish ghetto in Rome. And this is, a, this is very typical for, the, for Roman cooking. So that's a starter, but it's not going to make sense as a meal, but I'll just it give you a bunch matter. of things. So we'll Sadiq can't stole my thing because he likes lentils and rice and I like lentils and rice, yeah. but they're very different. So the majadra, mm-hmm. the, the lentil and rice that is cooked in Palestinian cooking mm-hmm. has got those kind of spices that, that are quite different from Indian. So the thing is, it's all about the fried onion. If you, if you ever yes. made majadra, yeah. you cook your lentils, 
you cook your rice. I think you made it for us. Did I make it? Yes, for, I, I, I may so. have made it for you because yeah. it's my favorite thing, yeah. and I cook it for my children, and they love yeah. it. It's like fried onions. You can't go wrong. So um, it's lentils, um, brown or green lentils, and uh, and long grain rice. And spices like cumin, you can add a bit of turmeric, you can add a bit of allspice or cinnamon, and lots of fried onion, mix it all together, and you serve it with a dollop of yogurt. It's just the best thing. I'm going to do that for my daughter this week. Yeah, seriously, she will love that. My to get, my boys love lentils, and which what kids like lentils? No, and it's yeah. just thanks, I mean, actually kids like dal, don't they? Yeah, I mean... She, she used to, but she wouldn't touch it with the barge pole now. I do a lentil bolognese, like, so she likes that. But how do you get your onions crispy? So there's all sorts of crispy, right? So you get, like, sometimes if you want crispy, crispy... You put them in flour. Yeah. So yeah. you put them... You, you toss them in a bit. You take, like, a tablespoon of flour, and you take your sliced onion, mm. and you just toss it together with some salt, and then you, tip, you put it in quite a bit of oil. So, like, almost deep-fried, deep fried, yeah. but, like, you know, two centimeters of oil. And they crisp up quite easily, but you don't put too much, so otherwise they start to stew. You want them to crisp, mm. and then you lift it up. But some people don't mind that it. it's a bit more mushy, more like caramelized onion, and mm. then you put just a bit of oil. A flour always helps to kind of, and then you just cook it for a bit longer. So it's, it's up to you with the way you like your onions. But onions that are cooked for a while, they go all sweet and delicious, and kids love that. So you'd have that as your main? Well, any sides? Would you have yeah, yeah. any greenery? Well, that really goes well with a good chopped salad, right? Mm-hmm. Like tomatoes, cucumbers, coriander, lemon juice, and Israelis and do the best chopped salad. Israelis. Why Did you, is it? Well, I it think it's the best uh, chopped salad. I think Israeli salad. But you know that there, it's like it's the, Arabic, the Arabs right? would yeah. say that. Oh, yeah. sorry. Okay, it's Middle Eastern <laughs> yeah, salad. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Mm. It's just about the qualities of the tomatoes and the cucumbers yeah, and the chocolate. And it's like you need to make sure that the tomatoes are not too watery and the cucumber is not too watery. So actually the cucumbers, we, we were talking about yeah. the crisp cucumbers, like they call them Lebanese or, or Greek or whatever. They're really nice and crispy. The moment there's water in your cucumber, it kind of just lowers the level of your salad immediately. They, they've got a thicker skin, those cucumbers, haven't they? Yeah, it depends which ones, but you can just kind of crisscross it like zebra, mm. so you get a bit of skin because skin is nice, like, yeah. but some of them don't have, so you just go with your peeler and you create like a, a crisscross and right. then you chop them up. What's your pud? You've got plenty to choose. It's so difficult to choose a pudding. But I go back to the Italian heritage and I love a sabayon. You know, like a zabayone, which is... Sabayone. So essentially, it's it's really only three ingredients. It's kind of... It's a dessert wine, like a marsala. It's Mm -hmm. egg yolks and it's sugar. And you cook it over a bain-marie, so over boiling water, and you whisk and whisk and whisk and whisk and whisk. And it puffs up and it goes really creamy when you can't believe it doesn't have any dairy product, mm. like you haven't kind of folded in some cream or mm. something. So that's the kind of the basic one. And then you can just spoon it over poached fruit or fresh fruit mm. and it's kind of warm and delicious. But you can also let it cool down and then fold some cream into it. And then it's kind of a little bit more like a desserty yeah, custard thing. Do. If you weren't the chef, what, what would, would you, you have be? been? Uh... I love um, current affairs and politics. I read in the news every day. And my in the previous incarnation, I used to work in the news desk in an Israeli newspaper called Haaretz. Oh, really? And, yeah, I used to work, do that. So I used to get all the news coming in at, um, you know, between four and seven and just put it all together. And by 11, we had a deadline. It's a bit like a kitchen. You got like this kind of mad rush to get everything in you're still addicted to and news. i love the yeah. new i love news and Me i love too. current affairs and I, I read it on my phone i get the paper on the weekend i love the uh both the news and the commentary so i might have been stayed a journalist in, a, in another life and when i'm when i moved from academia and journalism to cooking i told my parents oh, i'm going to take a year off and i'm going to check this out and in my mind, I thought, this is not going to work. I'm going to go back to, to the newspaper. I'm going to go back to university or just do something, uh, which is much more similar to what I did before. I never thought that this is going to work out. You mentioned that when <clears throat> when you decided to leave academia, your, your parents were disappointed that you were going to be a chef. Are they still disappointed? No, no when, I, when I turned 40... Uh, we had a big birthday party for me and lots of people came and my family and my parents came along. And then they, they, one of the, my friends said, oh, let's go around the table. And there were about 30 people around the table and everybody will wish 
yeah, tell him something for the future. And my dad was the last to go. And my dad said, the only thing I wish for him that he doesn't listen to me ever again. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Which was really sweet because it was kind of just admitting, you know, that it was lovely. He must be very proud. Yeah, they're both very proud. Should we have some pudding? Oh, yeah. Let's, let's see if you can... Your tam has kindly brought Mother and I both a chocolate cake. Is it a chocolate cake with a ganache? Yeah, it's a, ch- it's a very simple chocolate cake with a ganache. Don't believe it's simple. Don't it, believe that's one. It really is simple. <laughs> you don't even need a food processor for it. You just take your butter uh, and your a bit of uh, melted chocolate and there's a bit of coffee there and eggs and flour and you just whisk it all together and pour it in. So we're going to have both both puddings because we've made one too, but we can't not try an Otterengi made cake when it's on the table and I'm sure everyone wants to know how delicious it is. But I'm dying to see this dessert you were telling me about. Well, it's, Alex is so good at them, considering this was his first attempt at making it. It's almost like, it's almost got like Like a a brulee topping. Well, Alex said when he put it in the oven, it looked like a big omelette. Oh, we're not going to, we're not going to have the, um, not together, darling. Not going to have them together, obviously, (laughs) because I was about to plop them over the same. You learn something. What do you think? Does it taste like it's fine? It tastes very orangey. It's nice. It's nice. It kind of, it feels it's more dense than what we've had in Greece. Like, it could be a bit fluffier. It's called Porto Calopita. I think if you had less of the dough and more of the rest, it would be a bit lighter. That's all. It was such a really weird thing to make. And this isn't how I thought it was made. I thought it was a cake with orange syrup. It's definitely tasty. It just kind of needs a bit of refining. The flavours are really good. Mum, I actually, that was the biggest amount of flan. I, I feel like that and was no, an orange I, that's flan. That's really gone straight to the bottom of my stomach. And I to think, my like, a, like an anchor. <laughs> <laughs> that was really huge. I know, I'm sorry. Um, it needs work, but that's know, okay. We'll work. just get to our tasting Alex kitchen. Alex will be very upset. Testing he said kitchen it was a shit happen. recipe. Don't blame it on Alex. No, it's thing. not He's Alex. He's not here to defend himself. No, 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 no. He was the one who said, I don't think you should. I'm really worried about serving this. Oh, I mean, it tasted... Look, yeah. we tasted it. It, it was dense. The flavour and the texture. So the flavour was great. The texture yeah. was a bit yeah. Dense, hard. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to cut some of this cake. But I mean, it's going to be a friggin' sliver. That is... The light is a feather. <laughs> well, mm, mm. the cake is, uh, this, the ganache is really nice because it's kind mm. of just... Ganache like the, is the, great, isn't it? Oh it's a God. dark chocolate ganache. It's a dark... The ganache only has three ingredients it's in it, which is butter, cream, and chocolate. I mean... Oh, you can't go wrong, no. really. <laughs> that is delicious. It's like I think velvet. I have died, yeah. This is actually... I'm, I'm not just saying it. It's a really, really easy ma- recipe to make. And it have makes you the, got this in your it's simple in, book? It's in the book Suite, which I published last sweet. year. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a... It's called a take-home chocolate cake. And it's something that you do in one bowl without a mixer. So you take everything and just put it all together and pour it into... It really is very simple. And um, it makes a great birthday cake because mm. it's kind of kids like that. You just take the coffee I out. I feel like that seems like quite a kind of sophisticated birthday cake. Like, So if you take the coffee out, because uh, there's a bit of coffee in there, and leave just that sponge, I think kids would yeah. like that, yeah. Thank you so much for being on Table Manners and for cooking yes. our dinner. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, first, yeah, Tom Kerridge didn't do that. Yeah, well, there, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yes, darling. I have to say, yep. I think that meal was really good. It was delicious. It was just my my type of meal. We de otolengied he said. I know. <laughs> Do you think a... he was offended? No, I don't think so at all. Because I think all the things that we had were delicious. So we bought really good quality fish. Yeah. Thank you, Moxons. <laughs> we did buy it. So yeah. thank you so much, Martin. It, it was fantastic fish. The samphire was great because it was salty and it that added was M&S, to it. It's finest. Was it yeah. M&S? They do yeah. samphire yeah. now. 
And then we had the asparagus was gorgeous. I don't think it lacked anything. And the potatoes with the bay, he'd never heard of that one before. If I see that in the Guardian in a couple of weeks, well, I'd like a credit, Yotta. Um, um, yeah, I don't no. think he'll put anything in Mom, without maybe asking. I, you know, maybe I, you are, are, are actually a cook. Maybe I'm Heston. Do you think? Like a cross between Heston and Yotta. So it's just like... See, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I know what I can do. I'm just, you know, I take risks. I take yeah. risks, what can I say? It was I've never a delicious eaten so much pudding. You know, I'm not a pudding person. No. Mum, you gave me the thickest slab of that cake and I thought that I had to finish it to show that, you know, it was an okay pudding and nobody else finished the pudding. I couldn't eat any more, darling. It was, it was so much. But I don't know how you could make it any different when you use shredded up phyllo pastry. It needed, like, to have more air in it. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think... It, well, the fact that you have both paddles for the whisk didn't help. So Alex and I had to beat it oh, by shit. hand okay, yeah, for, two, for, for two minutes. Right, that's my fault. Yeah. Um, such an interesting man. Such a joy. Such a... Oh, man, it was a, such a treat to have him here. It was just lovely talking about food and family, really. Yeah, exactly yeah. what the podcast is meant for. Yeah, it was lovely. And... Um, it was a bit of a touch when he did cook the turbot. I think he knew what he was doing. My salsa verde was sensational. It was fabulous. And my smoked potatoes were a treat. Fabulous. So I just feel you like I won, I won this one. Competing with yeah, me? Yeah, just today, give it to me. Darling, you can have it. Thank you so much. Uh, Alex, we've got a few pointers from no, your but it's No, not, it's it was not his, not his fault. fault. It was not, a, not a good, good recipe, I don't think. But we will work on that. I think translating it from the Greek to the English didn't help. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was no, it. we must go in the kitchen with them when we get to Scott yeah. in the summer. It's... I feel weighed down with... No, honestly. Porto Calopita. <laughs> Man. Porto probably is an anchor in Greek. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Yotam Otarengi, for being a guest. Somebody that we adore and admire and are so inspired by for him to come on our podcast and talk about food and hear it from the horse's mouth and to be able to give that to all our listeners was just I think both of us were really um soft in our approach today I felt like we were more more tender because I love him no I know (laughs) we adore him he's kind of like a god to (laughs) us so so it was just, it was so... He doesn't behave in a pompous way, though. He's so sweet. No, he's so sweet. Um, Ottolenghi, what a man. What a chef. What a night. You've been listening to Table Manners, the podcast, and music is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser. If you're enjoying the podcast, please give us five stars. We love to read your comments. Not really the mean ones, but please do give us five stars if you've enjoyed it. Should I just read out another comment? Oh, no. Okay. Lighthearted and warm. Perhaps less of my son the doctor stuff. (laughs) They're just jealous because they haven't got a son who's a doctor. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.